So the Sens just beat the Sharks in the Eric Carlson revenge game, 6-2. Mate, isn't that like... I feel ever since last year, since this, since the team, since the league expanded past 30 teams, some sort of juju, voodoo, whatever you want to call it, something maybe a little less um, racy, has, has been sort of enacted, some sort of gypsy curse has been enacted upon the league. I say, right... 30 was a nice round number, now you've gone too far. Weird shit's going to start happening now. Such as so true. the Golden Knights hitting the Stanley Cup final in their first year. The Sens, you know, turning everything around after getting rid of the best defenseman in the game. Just summit, Summit's gone on. Someone needs to put the GD back in the bottle. I know. Like we said last week, the Oilers have the, like, the best player of the last maybe 30 years and they're just rubbish. The Canadians... Again, we're just like, oh my god, the Canadians, and they're actually playing really good hockey. They they finally found the one winger that they could turn into a centre in Max Domi. <laughs> yeah, it's got me say that the Sharks were just poor then as well. Really were they? poor. Oh, they've, yeah, they've they not just terrible, terrible. They've not been that. Considering how bad some teams in the Pacific have been, some um, Californian teams in the Pacific. I just lent into the mic, but went lent the entire wrong way. Um, the Sharks really have not capitalised on. You know, they should be running away with the with the division at the very least, if not the league, considering the roster they've got. And, um, How many games have we in? Twenty six or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Too many. Yeah, I mean they should they should be at least forty points clear by now. If if not, they they should be making Man City look like you know struggling. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were terrible. They were terrible. Absolutely. It's very odd. Too many cooks, maybe. I don't know. This is it. I mean, even though, I mean, I'm watching Stars, Stars Canucks right now, and, and the Canucks have got, as we've said before, four fourth lines, basically. And then a couple of good young players, and they're absolutely tearing it. Oh, Jesus it's Christ. Odd. It's this, so odd. This is going to be the first game I've actually watched with Pettersson, like, all the way through. And we're... So we're what 108 seconds into the first period and he's already scared the shit out of me <laughs> he's in you've already got PTSD oh mate he's like a he's <gasps> the most he's, oh. Go on. he's the most dangerous little uh, pipe cleaner I've ever seen oh, and now that is sketchy it's Patterson Traumatic Stress Disorder mate <laughs> <laughs> I just do you see his um did you see his pass on his knees behind his back to Brock Betty? Of course. I, he wasn't even on his knees, was he? I thought he was on his stomach. He was on his stomach and then he kind of got up to like, it was like one skate, one knee and just, just like, just no look past. What are you doing? It's ridiculous. For, for me, that's better than, do you remember that, that classic Ovi goal where he's not on his back? No, that Ovi goal's a bit. No, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't know me, because I, yeah, I'm not saying that the Ovi goal wasn't incredible, because it was, it was absolutely ridiculous, but um, Pettersson like had to make a pass, like Ovi, Ovi had an open net basically. You know what you're doing. <laughs> he had what? an open net while he's not looking at the puck and he's on his back. And he's sliding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, How I'm could not, he not score? I'm not saying it wasn't an incredible feat, but like Besser goes bloody tape to tape on his on his stomach. Like, what? What more do you want? What? Yeah. What more do you want from him? Oh god! Do you know what you sound like? You sound like a real hockey fan. <laughs> <laughs> now let me tell you something. 
What have you goals are made? Yeah, but I'll tell you what's even better. Look at the assist. Look at this assist. It's all about no, the no. team. If, uh, if if it was Mitch Marner doing it, then I'd, or any Canadian player, I'd uh, I'd sound like a, a proper hockey fan. But he's Swedish, so yeah, like true. whatever. Yeah, he, yeah he's Swedish. Yeah, because yeah, you're European, doing it for Europeans, aren't you? <laughs> nah, still, I, I should be I should be back in Ovi. Ovi's technically a European, isn't he? Ah, true. Yeah, true. Good point. I'm not sure in the EU. Yeah, they must be. You'd have thought so. Dick. Yeah, they must be. They just force the way in, don't they? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they also must not be. <laughs> that's, a tr- that's a good point. They must like, be, but they also maybe shouldn't be. T- Turkey's not in it, so Russia probably isn't in it as well. Like, Yeah, maybe. And how how, how, can, like how to, can a country okay. that stretches to the other side of North Korea be part of the EU? Like, <laughs> Surely there's got to be a cut-off. Only, only a certain amount of Russia's allowed to be oh, yeah, European. Yeah, half of it's in. Yeah, like whatever the distance is from mainland Europe to Iceland, that from the start of Russia to the middle is as far as we're allowed to go. Yeah, like anything east of Moscow, just forget. Oh, anything east of Saint Petersburg, just forget it. You know. Yeah, you're, you're not even you're not even Russia really. It's just a bigger part of Mongolia. Hey, speaking of Mitch Marner, did you see the um, his assist when he got handed to the uh, handed the stick from the equipment guy? Are we, are we just going to do all of the show in this first five minutes? We're going to touch all the big points. It's, hardly, it's an assist. It's hardly a big point. It is. I, I think it's. Im- it? I it think it's important. Awesome. I think. It, yeah, of course I saw it. It was absolutely incredible. Like, but but at the same time. This is another example of just how starved for enjoyment and like excitement the NHL is as a league because we're losing our minds over someone being past the stick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what, what if it just turned into a shot on goal? What if it just turned into to like nothing? It's still it's still the same action. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And I love it. But still, I don't know. No, that's a good point. If it just turns into it, yeah. If he even if he tries to pass and like, the other guy fluffs the shot, it's just like, yeah, oh well, didn't work out that time. Oh well, but because it actually worked, everyone's losing their minds. And especially, yeah, you wonder if I don't know, maybe someone else who wasn't flavor of the month had done it, we probably wouldn't care that much. Or maybe somebody not a leaf. Maybe. Yeah, if, if Matt Zuccarello did it, then I don't think we'd necessarily <laughs> yeah. be absolutely losing our minds over it, would we? No, that's true. That's true. I, f- I feel like we should preface the start of the um of the show. We're already too late, really. There may be some mild Red Dead Redemption two spoilers in the background for for five minutes or so. Do forgive us <laughs> if we can if we can work that out afterwards. That'd be nice. <laughs> Not me, folks. I'm a goddamn professional. It's uh, <laughs> it's amateur boy well over it. Family man, mate. <laughs> nothing nothing wrong with being a family man. Ah, oh, lucky! You just you just the epitome of a good Canadian boy, aren't you? I, I I think I'm quite the opposite of a good old Canadian boy. To be, I'm I'm too much of a, I'm too lacking in grit to be a good Canadian boy. Okay, I could, I, could, I could be born in well over there in the centre of Ontario, and and Don Cherry still wouldn't call me a good old Canadian boy. Because <laughs> in order to have good Canadian boys, Dan, you have to have bad Canadian boys, and I would be the um, the oh, what do you call it? The black exception sheep. that proves the rule. Yeah, black sheep, whatever ah, you want, okay. if you're a minor okay. threat kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I am. I am straight edge, obviously. Of course. Do you have a black sheep tattoo? I don't have a black sheep tattoo. I do have a Cheshire cat tattoo. That's so, yeah. not the same at all. 
No, but they both are animals, so I'll take it. <laughs> Fair play. I can't, I, can't, I can't argue with your logic there. There you go. You see. <laughs> I mean, factually, I am really. You're, you're absolutely. You are not wrong in the slightest. Should we start the show? Probably should, really. our time of the week. Welcome to the Smooth Recap. The city of brotherly love really earned its name this week as now the team takes a penalty in the Philly Toronto game. Ron Hextall really changing the mentality there. Let's see how that goes for him. Elias Pettersson is making a mockery of not just the NHL but the sport of hockey as a whole, proving his otherworldly skill by making plays while sliding on his belly like a penguin. Speaking of penguins, in Pittsburgh, Mr. Taken for Granted notches a five and a half minute hat-trick the 11th of his career. Another Scandinavian playing the game on easy mode is Patrick Laine, the Finnish finishing phenom netted five against off-season champion St. Louis. The year was 1923. The Montreal Canadiens win their second Stanley Cup. The silent movie The Covered Wagon is the highest grossing movie and Patrick Marlowe was born. This week he celebrates <laughs> skating in a fuck ton of games. Goalies aren't the only ones getting their drinks knocked over, as an unsuspecting fan in Calgary has their build beer spilled by a mischievous Tyler Sagan during jumping into the boards. Alex Ovechkin scores his 625th goal, tying Jerome McGinley and Joe Sakic for 15th on the all-time goal scoring list. Dave Andrewchuk in 14th should be wary of a red laser dot on his person, because there's a Russian sniper targeting him now. First it was licking, now it's lip tickling as we enter a new era of agitation. Has Ryan Reeves paved the way for more wacky distraction tactics? Uh, uh, oh god. Matt Duchesne's just ruined my No Nut November by backhanding a puck out of the air from the right face off dot past Anthony Stellars. I uh, should probably go and clean myself up. Mark Jankowski has decided to scratch his wingers after proving his status as a one-man line after single-handedly dissecting five coyotes before reversing the puck between his own legs as well as Anthony Ranters. And that was your smooth recap. Did you enjoy that one? <laughs> I feel like that was a bit... I feel a little bit violated after that, I must be honest. Everybody should. Sorry, folks. I don't, um, I don't think you're just... allowed to mimic that sort of uh, adult activity <laughs> without prior warning. Especially if we put an explicit content lyric, uh, explicit content lyric on this uh, on the title of this show. I uh, I don't know I don't know how other podcasts do it who like do it over Skype whether they do it with the video element as well. But just so people know, Dan and I can't see each other. So for all I for all I know, he actually was you know doing the dirty in a. Uh, in the, in the privacy of his own home. If I was going to do the dirty, it would be to that Matthew Shane goal because that was fucking no, sick. That, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Like how how can he even do that? I feel like he could score no points for the rest of the year and still be considered an offensive. Like you know, had had one of the best offensive seasons of the year. I think the the problem is now as well is that we're getting to the point where to be highlight worthy now, you're having to start and doing things that are just really ridiculous. 
And okay, yeah, so Sid last year bats one in out of the air and everyone loses their shit. Then he knocks one out of the air to himself and bats that in. Now everyone loses their shit a bit more. Now Matt Duchesne's doing it from the right face off, Dot. What? He was miles away. <laughs> he was miles away. Do you think the last couple of years, like, not the last couple of weeks rather, we've had that, uh, that Matt Duchesne goal, the aforementioned Pettersson assist from his knees or his belly, the Mark Jankowski yeah. goal, We've had some absolute the the Rasmus Rista line and absolutely deacon his way around every oh. single person on the on the ice. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just a an exciting couple of weeks for the NHL or whether it's yeah the way that the league's going where you know everyone can stick handle now, everyone can deke. Like we're going to get some really really nice looking plays in the future. This was something I had on the run sheet ages ago, and I've, I've, I'm not sure if I've taken it off or not, but it was about hockey players now. Is it, it, it kind of evolving into a total football-type scenario? Oh, yeah. And I don't really want to get into it too much, because obviously, you know, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about, but it was more a case now that every you talk about, you know, like power forwards or um, offensive defensemen, like, oh, he's, you know, he's got a great 200-foot game. Everybody now has to have a 200-foot game. You, you know, it's... Yeah. It's almost seen as like, okay, well, if, you, if you're going to play in this league, you have to now be able to defend and attack, make passes, block shots, do everything. And I feel we're just getting that way now. I mean, that wrist alignment, oh, Jesus Christ. It's just, you shouldn't be doing those things. I, th- I think a key part of that is is like the evolution of the fourth line, like where you've got players like yeah. Um, yeah, like Sam Gagne being used on the fourth line and like your skilled young players being used on the fourth line nowadays rather than just... You know, get some some muckers and grinders down there, and and you know you're you're not having a, a sort of a neutral hockey fourth line anymore, as it were. You're almost using it as a as another offensive option. So I think that's going to contribute yeah, sure. to, you know, the fact that those spots are open for skilled players automatically means there are more skilled players in the league. Definitely, yeah, because it's it's that thing that as soon as one team has success doing it, you know, this league like it's just copycat, isn't it? As soon as one team has success, that's it. I have, uh, I have heard copy. that once oh, okay, or twice before, that it's a copycat yeah. league. Exactly. Um, and that's the same now. As soon as, t- as soon as teams started realising their fourth liners can actually just play and score goals instead of just being a bunch of bruising, teeth-missing dunderheads, that was it. Anyway, Will, who's winning the cup this week? Uh, winning the cup this week are uh, your Chicago Blackhawks. Ah, Interesting. Because how can you not win the cup when you're making trades as wise as they did, where they turned one NHL player into two NHL players? Dan, if you carry on like that, you can have all the players in the league. It's just some wizardry Simple by Stan maths. Bowman. This is it, mate. Quick maths. Simple maths. Yeah. So if if Bowman can apply that to the standings, he turns one game into two wins. We're we've not got any hope, really, have we? It's very true. We're on the back. We're on the, uh, the brink of another dynasty there. I think we really are. They're going to win the cup in four games, somehow. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I win the cup this week. Uh, I've got the Vegas Golden Knights, Will. Really? Yep. They're going for their second Cinderella run. Currently sat third in the Pacific. Five Ws in a row. The Pacific, as you pointed out last week, is a trash division. Patrick is on a little point streak there. I think it's seven games in a row uh, with a point. Flowers pulling shoutouts again. So, yeah. They're on a bit of a uh, bit of a hot run right now, and why not? And they they Who actually beat the um, the future cup champs eight three in the past week. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 
I suppose if that's going to win you the cup, then beating the champions is uh, is what's going to do it for you. Or the future champions, should I say. Future champions, of course, of course. All right, who's not winning the cup this week? Um, I'll tell you who's not winning the cup this week, Dan. And uh, and if my way, if I had my way, he wouldn't be winning another NHL game in his career. So he would be bounced down to the minors as quick as you could imagine. You know him, you love him. It's Milan Lucic. Milan Lucic. I saw a fantastic little stat about Mr. Lucic earlier today. Uh, are you familiar with uh, with the player known as Alex Chason or Chiason? However you want to pronounce it. Chiason, yes. Him of the story I told a few months ago about oversleeping on the bus and then breaking into his room only to find out it wasn't his room. It's a, it's a good story. Anyway. And that is, that's what he's yeah. most famous for. But... Um, <laughs> Even more yeah. recently, he's been going on a bit of a scoring streak, Dan. I don't know if you've heard about this. Have you, have you heard about this? Have so, you heard about this? Over the last 18 games, Alex Jason has scored as many goals as Milan Lucic has in the last 100. Oh, my God. And to to yeah, the kicker to that is that Lucic is making over 10 times the amount per season that Mr. Chason currently is. Lucic getting 7 million a year and... Uh, Chase on on six hundred and fifty grand, so it just gets better and better, better and better every day. <laughs> oh man, <sighs> sad yeah, really, isn't good. it? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, not not good at all. It is a fall from you know on the you know in well no no not in all serious, go, go, go on, let, let me let me hear a Bruins fan defend Milan Lucic from the other side of the continent. Please do tell me. <laughs> It's not a defence. It's just it's it's sad for me as a fall from grace for somebody who was I absolutely loved. I loved Lucic when he was a Bruin, and it's just a yeah. It's just a it's a sad fall from grace. Do you think this would have happened if yeah. he was still in Boston? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because I don't think. I wonder if he when he went to the Kings and then when he went to the Oilers, he felt the pressure of. I'm now I'm at a new team. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to try harder. I've got to maybe fight more to get myself in with these fans or make them think I've not just come here for the money or something like that. And it's just you know it's just cost him. I mean, there's no there's no way he's bouncing back. I'll stake my tiny 0.1% reputation on it. That is that's it now. He's he's just not going to be ever anywhere even close to being the player he was again. Well, mate, uh, it's, it's over for him. Yeah, think about like players going on waivers the past few weeks. There's been a, uh, like Carl Alsner was another one who's obviously been sent down, hasn't he, as well? well the, the, I think it's it's a bit of a different one, Alsner versus, um, versus Lucic, because when Lucic actually signed that contract, yeah, it was a bit too much for him. And the hard thing was he was always going to be compared to Taylor Hall because he's take, filling in Hall's spot on the lineup. But like yeah. Lucic was a perfectly serviceable player. And you know, you could argue that he sort of was worth that money. Um, True. Carl Osner never in a million years was worth. What was he getting? Five point two five, four point nine five, something like that. It's roughly Smart, five million. Yeah, five. At the time yeah. of signing that, it's like, oh shit, that is a bad choice. And like, yeah, the Lucic deal was bad at the time, but it wasn't that bad. No, true. Yeah, nobody at the time was going crazy where they saying how bad the deal was or anything they were just saying well yeah it's a bit much but it's you know it's what you had to get to what you had to pay to get him away from other teams I suppose mm-hmm. who were obviously interested in him but yeah Alsner was definitely a head scratch when it happened well it's bloody uh, Jack Johnson before Jack Johnson wasn't it <laughs> Jack 
Jack Johnson before Jack Johnson. Shout out to Jack Johnson, who I heard on the radio today when we were having some dinner. The Banana actual, pancakes or whatever. Yeah, the actual Jack Johnson. I'll tell you who's not winning the cup this week, Will. It is the the streaking in a bad way. Um, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, don't say because that. You've, you've, <laughs> just, you've just doomed just me. You've, you've doomed me for the rest of the day now, thanks. Thank you so much. And I've, just to keep you updated, we're um, 12 minutes into the first period and I think Pettersson has had three high-danger scoring chances, so I'm feeling really confident right now. That's it, though. That's his only three. He's, uh, he's lost it. I'll say. Yeah. And this is what it is. Honeymoon period's over. Canucks now. Yeah, just, just the Scooby-Doo gang. A bunch of pesky kids running around, causing havoc, making a mess of things. And now the adults have turned up. And suddenly it's one win in 11 games and Elias Pettersson's a bust. So, oh, simple as that. One win in 11 games. Is this thing that's just too much to keep up, keep track of. Like, I, I, I don't even know what's going on in this league anymore. We need to, we need to retract no, we need to. down to like eight teams. Have, <laughs> well, no, keep keep the 31 teams. Just have one game a week. You know, game, games at the weekend. Just, have, just slow it down a bit. Slow it down a bit. Like... It's just too much. There's some, three, two of the things in your smooth recap I've not even seen. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that genuinely, okay. this is. I feel, I feel like this yeah. is something we shouldn't really be admitting. No. <laughs> but things though, okay. If it was my job, if it was my job to keep up with this, fine. But you know, I, I'm working. I have a family. <laughs> I have things to do. I can't just sit there watching seven hours of. Fucking Sportsnet highlights, catching every single game. Mate, I would love to have the excuse of, you know, oh, I have to watch the hockey hum because it's my job. Like, it affects, it puts food yeah. on our table. Yeah, exactly. I'm sat down about to watch, you know, highlights from the Bruins game or something. And my daughter's just, oh, can I watch Teen Titans go? I write, fine. So I'll give them remote control. Then I'll start watching on my phone. My wife asks me a question. I lose track of what I'm doing. I put my phone down. The phone goes off. I forget. I come back to it three hours later and go, oh yeah, I was watching highlights. Oh yeah, <laughs> hockey. Every day. Hockey exists. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Christ almighty. Speaking of phones, I've just right. got mine. That's the start. There we go. Uh, how many starters you got this week, Will? Uh, I've got a pair of starters. A pair of starters. Okay, I'll go first then. Go on. March 31st, 2018, Kelly Sawatsky holds up a sign at a Pittsburgh Penguins game that says she needs to find a kidney donor. So the Pens tweet it out, and Jeff Lind, a, a man from Delaware, donates one of his, and Kelly's on the mend. Kelly has named her new organ, did you know this, Sydney the Kidney, after she was put in room 87 at the hospital, which is another one of those weird, like, higher power things that seems to happen to people now and again. But yeah, a nice story there. That's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. There you go. I am. Um, I'm going to start my first starter. <laughs> going at complete odds of what I was saying earlier. Uh, I'm going to start Bobby Hastings, the uh, equipment man for the Leafs, who uh, so gallantly <laughs> handed a stick to Mitch Marner. <laughs> no way. Did you see that, Will? <laughs> uh, no, I hadn't. What happened? I also I also just want to say that Bobby Hastings sounds like the the star of a porn directed by Chaz and Dave. <laughs> it's just some, it's just something about that Bobby Hastings. Ooh. Bobby Hastings, he sounds like a used car salesman to me. 
<laughs> Maybe I just think of, uh, of used car salesmen as very erotic figures. Maybe it's that, it's that fake taxi bullshit. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Shout out, anyway, yeah. Shout out to Bobby Hastings. Fair play. My next starter is being right. That's because, well, I... Uh, so it's a good I thing. I posted... It's always a good thing. I uh, I posted a poll on the uh, Two Bits One Puck Twitter, as you know, Will, or don't know, actually exists. And I put on there, which team has the worst injuries? And there was two choices, Will. It was the Boston Bruins and the Dallas Stars. Ooh. Now, can you guess the results of this? Uh, I think I think people, I see, the fact that you said being right is your favourite thing, or what you're starting, rather. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the Boston Bruins, as I'm seeing now. At a hundred uh, percent clip, which is pretty impressive. Thank you very much. But I, I say to you, Dan, that that's just further evidence of uh, of East Coast bias, really, because people, <laughs> I bet the people who voted in that poll haven't even heard of the Dallas Stars. They think they're a defunct team that um, became the Minnesota Minnesota Wild. What a save by Nelson! Um, and yeah, if they if they understood. Yeah, they haven't heard of the Stars defensemen to start with, let alone their AHL call-ups. Oh, my fucking God. It wasn't even Pettersson who was all that. That was such a good goal. Sorry. Um, long way to go. Long way to go. It was a, a long time. Long time. Two whole periods. <laughs> so it's a game of two halves, Dan. Um, <laughs> See, so yeah, um, I say, uh, I say boo, to, boo to Nanny and boo to your pole. Fair enough. What's your next starter? Uh, my next starter and my final starter, as I've only got a pair, is going to be. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start Patrick Lyon. It's a bit of a twofer. I'm going to start Patrick Lyon, and then I'm going to move to Winnipeg, in hopes of winning a million dollars. Oh yeah, it's five goal, five goal thing. Mate, that is just insane. Like, I don't really know the oh, Jesus Christ. I don't really know the the ins and outs of it, but like, is it like a lottery thing? Have you done any prior research to this? I hadn't know. I thought, oh no, it can't be a bet. Can't, oh no, gambling legal is gambling legal in Canada. I mean, it might be, but it seemed like a sort of. But yeah, if you find a player's like name, he, like he, a free lottery thing, you yeah, find like a player's a, name under your chair. If he scores five goals, you win yeah, million dollars or something. Well, it's like a raffle ticket or something. Either way, yeah, that man was Patrick Liney. If you were, uh, if you, what's that fish they have in Scandinavia? Like <laughs> you know that fish they bury for like a, like six months and then eat it. So kippers, it is like weird stuff, something like that. Some shit like that. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I'm gonna thing. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he probably doesn't owe Patrick Lyon anything whatsoever, because <laughs> that million dollars is gonna be pittance to Lyon after he signs his next contract. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, that contract as well. That's up at the end anyway, of the season, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, exciting times! Exciting times. We'll talk about that. That's yeah. We'll talk about that bit in a bit as well. Uh, my final starter. Speaking of uh, Finland, as it's somewhere cold, it's the winter time. Oh, um, my seasonal affective disorder has vanished because it's cold outside. It's dark. It's raining, and I'm incredibly, incredibly happy with that. It's the best. That's good. I always had you I down just, as, a, as a bit of a winter man. I am a winter man indeed. I hate the summer. I go running now, and it's a bit nervous. I get a bit nervous because it's very dark, and where I. Where I do my sprints, I do a, um, basically like a lap around the estate next to ours. All right. And there's a, a section where I have to run 
probably about 200 meters, but it's pitch black. Oh. And all there is is like there's a giant field on one side, and the other side is like um, AstroTurf uh, football pitches mm-hmm. for football training and stuff like and football camps and stuff like that. But it's and it's pitch black. And part of me just thinks there might be somebody in that bush. <laughs> so I, I always run extra fast. <laughs> what you but, what you need to do, Dan, is be it. the man in the bush. Be the man in the bush. Be the man in the bush. Like Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer waiting for his first victim. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but okay, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, any scratches this week, Will? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scratch. What am I scratching? One thing? No, two things. I've got two scratches for you, Dan. Two things. So bit, oh, you start then. It's a bit, bit mood lighting in here, so it's hard to read my uh, my scroll. Um, to start with, I'm gonna scratch every single person who is signed to a Coyotes contract this season because they're all pieces of shit and need to fucking sort it out, really. <laughs> Wow, vitriol here for Coyotes. Oh, that is just that. What happened on that Jankowski goal is unforgivable. Unforgivable. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so glad it happened. Don't get me wrong. I, I was absolutely yeah. giddy watching that. But Jesus Christ, like they're lucky I don't scratch the whole team. You know, just get rid of the players, and and maybe we can we can try and forget about it. But maybe relocate maybe. somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like Houston, maybe. Like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you yeah. get back from that personally. That is a that is a big blow. It happened to the Coyotes of all teams, a, a team that's already sort of mired in, um, let's say, uh, less than favourable public perception. It's not good. Not good yeah, at all. That's true. Fair, yeah, fair point. I only got one scratch this week, and it's a common complaint, oh. but one I'm going to put into this segment, and it's no own goals. And then here's point. I'm not sure. I think, is that an own goal? It is. It is an own goal. Yeah. Sammy Votnin trying to clear the puck, shoots it right into his own net. Because Braden Point getting a goal when Sammy Votnin clearly swipes the puck into his own net with a Lightning player kind of close to him is just stupid. And it's one of the few things I hate. How are there no own goals? There is a goal. A player from his own team puts it into his own goal. It's very simple. How is Braden Point credited with that goal? I don't understand. This it is the thing. Me mad. I, I get like... Because in football, there's quite a large... Um, I don't know, own goals encompass a lot of things that in hockey, like yeah, yes. deflections and such, they are a part of hockey and I don't necessarily want to see those become own goals. But at the same no. time, when you've got people like Chris Russell absolutely smacking them into their own net, Patrick Laine... If if anyone remembers yep. that, but like those have got to be chalked up as like right, you need to you need to accept that. Yeah, we have a, we have like we said before we have we have the dubious goal panel over here, which is they review own goal. Well, if it's a like the Sammy Vatnum one, no, that's an own goal. But if it's a deflection or it goes in off his skate or something, you can still credit it, you know, to the player who's taken the shot because if it's still going in pretty close to the goal, that's fine. But when a player, like you say, just blasts it into his own goal trying to clear the puck, that's just stupid. Ah, anyway. That's got to be quite a fun, uh, fun job to have working on the dubious goal panel. Like, oh, that would be an amazing job. Like to being have. the Grinch of sports. Although, to be fair, you know what hockey fans are like. 
oh my god, how can you credit this as an own goal? It was clearly <laughs> going to fucking fans. It's like the play safety department. Like an at NHL dubious goals panel, just getting tons of angry tweets and fucking shit thrown at them. Or just like offside review, uh, yeah, like goaltender interference oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Same thing. Right. Uh, what's your other Terrible. scratch? Uh, my yeah, other scratch, scratch, and our final scratch for the week. Uh, I don't know this man's name. I don't know the team he plays for. I don't know his position or even his jersey number, Dan. But I'm going to scratch the kid that was trying to eat pizza for his fucking cage. <laughs> similarly to the coyotes oh, like he should be scratched off the face of the earth like that is you know an example of how necessary darwinism is and how far we have strayed in this technological age that our youths are trying to eat pizza through their bloody cages like and he wasn't even doing the fold down the middle thing he wasn't even trying to, he wasn't even helping himself like he was doing something stupid and he wasn't even doing the stupid thing in the most logical way of doing it. Like, there's just no hope for these kids, I f- Dan. I feel that I must defend this boy a little bit. What was, as was I, it you? Um, <laughs> no. As I'm the kind of person where I will get into ridiculous contests with inanimate objects and I feel as though I have to beat them. So. And I can't think of an example now, but I could see myself sitting there on that bench with that pizza thinking, I'm going to fucking do this. I don't care what's going on. I'm getting this pizza through this mask. I could just take my mask off. I understand. But right now in my brain, it's a battle between me and this piece of pizza. This is the thing. He he didn't even have that level of commitment to it. It just seemed like like he wasn't even trying to eat this pizza. Well, I can't argue with that. he He was just trying to... He was just trying to eat the pizza normally. It wasn't. He wasn't appreciating his surroundings. He didn't have his head up, Dan. It was like he was skating through centre ice, <laughs> head down, and then Scott <laughs> Stevens comes along and, and lays him out. But translate that into eating pizza with a hockey cage on. Should have told him Tom Wilson was behind him. He would have had his up and eaten it then. Fuck you know. That that's the segue I didn't we want have to get. To... Like seven. Just just. What, has he played seven games or was that his seventh game? I think it was his seventh game. Jesus fucking Christ. All I'm going to say is, because I'm not going to get on a rant as I'm prone to ranting, I don't care. I don't care if he makes contact with the head or not. I don't mm. think he does. I don't even think, I don't even think it's that terrible of a hit. I really don't. But, Tom, just don't do that, okay? Just don't even attempt to touch him there. There's no need to. You're miles away from him. So, that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to get into a rant. Your thoughts, Will? The thing that really stuck out for me with it, you're absolutely right, I I could give a fuck whether he hits his head or not. Like, I I don't think he does, and that's a good thing. But, like, that doesn't excuse it in the slightest. Um... It was so, like, it was just too similar to the Sunquist hit for me. Like, he's coming from behind. He's in a position where he doesn't need to hit the player. Like, it's just so unnecessary and and so similar that it's just inexcusable behaviour. Absolutely inexcusable. Like, again, if if somebody else had done that, if, if Matt Zuccarello had done that, it's bad, but at the same time, 
it's not awful. But Wilson has to know. Like it's it's just further proof that he doesn't give a fuck. Like he doesn't care. And whether he'd done it now, seven games after his suspension, whether he'd done it later in the season, it's still evidence of the fact that he's not changing his ways at all. It's just blatant. It's like a it's like a twos up to to play a safety in the rest of the league of like no I'm not going to change I'm not going to do anything about this to to you know try and ensure the safety of my fellow players or or actually try and play hockey I'm just out to to kill people it's discreet like I I don't think there's going to be any supplemental discipline on him as well I think I read that earlier no there's not yeah no there's not which is just spineless from George Paros absolutely spineless. And I, I know there are going to be plenty of people that are saying, "Sorry, I'm 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 running for you here, no Dan." Problem. Thank you. There no, I appreciate are, it. There are people here who are going to be saying, "Oh yeah, you're just being soft or whatever." You know, I wasn't even that bad of a hit. Like, oh, you know, why are we not trying to take? Why are we trying to take hitting out of the game? Like, no, I don't give a shit. Like, this is fucking Tom Wilson. He's Rafi Torres reincarnate. He is like, he's the absolute antithesis of what we want out of a full contact sport. He is the problem. He absolutely is, and we need to get get fucking rid of him. Get like, this is this is enough. This is enough, and I know it's overreacted on on what could be seen as a bit of a nothing hit, but it's just the proof of his mindset going into hockey games. No, I agree. I feel it's the same. I can't think of an example that does, involving a real life scenario that doesn't become completely extreme and wild but if you try and if you try to stab somebody but you don't stab them <laughs> you don't just say ah well like okay i go i go to, i go to prison say somehow i go to prison four times before the age of 30 for stabbing people and then i come out and within 10 weeks i've tried to stab somebody else you don't just then go yeah but you didn't so you know yeah, all right. The other guy hasn't got a concussion and he didn't hit his head. You know, the, the point of contact wasn't his head. What do you fucking do? Like, who cares? The intent was there. The intent is there. To... And you cannot. There has to be... Ex- Sorry, hang on. No, you're no, fine. You start me off now. Uh... now the... I thought I'd done it enough for the be... both of us. I know. There has to... You have to make exceptions to rules sometimes. You have to. Because you can't... You, you, if he does this, say, three more times and the same thing happens three more times to three different players, you know, it's the players aren't looking. He makes a point of contact with the sort of, you know, shoulder. The player goes down. He's OK. On the fifth time it happens and he hits the head or the guy hits his head on the ice and there's a serious problem. Like, the, 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 everyone's just going to go mad and say, did you not notice this before? Like, this has happened three or four times now. And it's not the case it's happened three or four times. He's already done it how many God, you know, God knows how many times. And it's just infuriating. It's infuriating. And I agree now. I'm completely, you know, it's absolutely, it's absolutely spineless from Paros to, to, to not at least have a meeting and just say, for fuck's sake, what's your problem? You don't need to make that hit. You've got so much time after he's, after the player, you know, plays the puck away to, to just not make that hit. God, it's maddening, absolutely maddening. Just to riff on what you said about prison, to to maybe bring <laughs> bring it back down to earth a little bit. It's like you know, of course, 
someone being on parole for whatever the crime might be. If someone's yeah, exactly. if someone's out on parole and you know, say you say you're on parole for armed robbery, then you go out and get into a fight. Yeah, getting into a fight isn't isn't um armed robbery, but it's still gonna be enough of an issue for the judge to say, Right, you violated terms of your parole, so get the fight back in jail. Like it's I feel it's not it wouldn't even be a fight. It's a fight, but then you pull out a gun. So you're armed. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's so it's it's so um it's so clear cut that it's a, like the exact same offence that he got done for, you know, that led to the whole arbitration bullshit and you know the reduction of, of his suspension, all that kind of thing. That he think does the exact same thing. And, and one last thing I do, I just want to say on it because I don't want to waste any more breath on this on this fucking no. piece of shit. It's the unnecessariness of it. Like, yeah, he gained. Not a cop, Cotton Pareko, look at him go. Um, he gained nothing out of that. Like, he, his team gained no advantage. Like, there's. It was just so needless. So, so needless. <sighs> no. I agree. Anyway. Did you see that Cotton Pareko goal last night? If we transition oh, yeah. a bit nicer, that's all right. One, one, one handed all the way from the blue line. Yeah, yeah. one handed <laughs> deke, one handed goal, nothing major. Yeah, nothing. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Game As of just quickly, four minutes ago, Nylander watch, still not signed. Mm. I had a, a mouthful of drink that I was ready to spit out. <laughs> so we are we are people. I know this is not going to matter when you're listening to this. If any of you are listening to this, hello Joe. Um, eight, Shout out to Joe. Eight minutes away. We're eight minutes away. I cannot believe this, Dan. I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. I can't fucking believe that we're here. Like I can't either. Even even if it happens in this next eight minutes, whatever happens in the next eight minutes, like. Like we were joking six weeks ago of like, oh, <laughs> December first. Keep your eye out for it. I'm actually fucking here. This is like further evidence of the voodoo that is on on the NHL. Like, I I just I can't. I I don't know what to say because I don't know what's like. We're in uncharted territory. This is mad. I would love to know what they've offered him. I would love to know. Same. I have to think. I have to think they've offered him less than, like we've said before, a Pasternak type deal. They must have offered him less, otherwise you'd sign it, right? Does he believe he's that much better than David Pasternak or those players who got like Johnny Goodrow who got that kind of deal? That's that's or the is only it way that right. he knows he knows what Marner and Matthews are going to get. So he's saying, "Well, hang on a minute. You can't pay those guys ten, eleven, twelve each, and I only get six. You can fuck off." I don't know. Or maybe, Dan, maybe he just wants out. For whatever reason. Maybe. Maybe, like we said, another team's already told him, well, you come here, you can have, we'll give you eight and a half or something. And he's just trying to engineer a way out. He's doing a, a Tevez. Do you remember Carlos Tevez not playing for Man, not playing for Man City anymore? Oh, yeah. We're just like, nah, that is. Tell me. Yeah. I'll see you later. Don't put me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going on as a sub. You can get knotted. I'm going back to Buenos Aires. I'll see you later. Yeah. Like I know. It's this this it's is insane. the thing about the whole saga, like it's so locked down that like 
We, we just don't know. Like, we don't know what Lee Dan's been offered. We don't know what he wants. We just... Oh, mate. Oh, it's so exciting. And I, I can't... I cannot... Cannot believe it. I know, I know this is thoroughly uninterested, but I just cannot believe that we're here. Like, this is... Oh, this is absolutely mad. I'm on, I'm on tenterhooks. I'm on... Oh, mate. Just talking about it more isn't making me buzz. <laughs> oh. And we're so close to the end. Like, Somebody, he's, oh, he's gonna, I know he's going to sit out the season. I'll, I'll tell you now, like because nothing's happened. We're now six minutes away. Like he's going to sit out the season. It's just oh god, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. I think to an extent, whatever happens in the next probably five minutes and forty seconds now, like what? <laughs> Why has it come down to the wire? No, well, even clearly, isn't it? Like if if Dubis knows he's got these cap issues that are going to be coming his way at some point, and he has to keep some players like cap hit down in some way. I, th- I think that's got to be that's the only explanation. Like like Dubis is set on like a Kucherov type deal, just in the sense yeah. of look, you're a restricted free agent. There is next to nothing you can do. This is what I'm offering you: take it or don't play hockey in the NHL. Your choice. Uh, that's the only way it's got to be, isn't it? Without knowing what he's been offered, we can't judge you because you don't know. Because if because all right, I understand. Say they offer him, I don't know. Throw me a figure, but not not a great figure. Something like a bridge type. What say two years at four million or something? Do you know what I mean? I, I something mean, like that. Subban took two years at three. Yeah, and that well, was even, that was right. when he won a Norris Trophy. Let's say let's say they offer him two years at four. Okay, yeah, I get it. To your regular everyday play, to everyday schmo, four million dollars, a hell of a lot of money. I get that. But if you're William Nylander and you know that Mitch Marner's contract's coming up and Austin Matthews' contract's coming up and they're going to be making ten, eleven, you must be thinking, "There's no fucking way I'm taking four. <laughs> like <laughs> I spit at your four million dollars." Because he would, and he's got his agent in his ear like that. I'd be still, I'd be thinking the same thing. You're going to pay those guys all that money, and it's not like he's underperformed. He's an excellent hockey player. He's amazing. And we were talking about Radulov last week walking onto a team. Oh Jesus Christ! You can get Nylander on your team. Oh, take it all day every day. He's phenomenal. But then you say about the Marner and Matthews contracts, they haven't been signed yet. Well, we haven't even negotiated Matthews and Marner contracts. What if it happens with Marner and Matthews as well? Oh, what if we're sitting here this time next year and neither Marner nor Matthews are signed as well? Because, like, to to be fair, if I'm sitting in Carl Dubas' shoes, I've got to be thinking, right, try your absolute hardest to get these players on as cheap a deal as possible. Like, oh, yeah, of course. I don't... I don't you know, for all intents and purposes, Austin Matthews is yours until he's 27, no matter what you offer him as a contract. You're going to try yeah. and cooch off the fuck out of all of them, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. So maybe maybe we that's his, that's his long-term plan. Like He, he might be offering Nylander two years at four million apiece, but he's going to offer that to Marner and Matthews as well. So, oh, mate, I just... Oh, there are so many moving parts. It's incredible. Can you imagine the vitriol that's going to come down on Nylander's head if Marner and Matthews both sign for like two and four each? 
They're like, yeah, we'll take the bridge. It's fine. We love this team. We love Toronto. It's the best place in the world. Oh, mate. Of course I'll play for a paltry $4 million a season. Right. <laughs> I, d- I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is true. Oh, God, yes. But uh, Thomas Ross at Rosen Rosande on Twitter, uh, translating from, I assume, Swedish, uh, here that Lil Face... Oh, uh, oh, Nylander Jr. There you go. Is signed with Maple Leafs near seven million USD per year. Yeah, just got it. Darren Drager tweet one minute ago. Told Nylander is staying. Done deal. Six years. <laughs> yeah, jo- wow, Johnston's got it. Quiet. Johnston's got it. AV's just under seven mil. Six years. There we go, people. You heard it here first. Four weeks there later. You whenever you listen to this. Breaking news. Breaking news. So, so again. Why? Why? Right, like, that says to me then, that says to me then, they clearly offered him less. They've clearly tried to bridge him. If he, if it's, I've said all along, if you offer him a Pasternak-Goudreau deal right now, he's probably going to take it. Because he'll still be young enough to get a massive deal again when he's, when he, you know, he'll make mega money. Because what was he now, 21? As well. Yeah. So he'll just be, be 27. Up, he'll just be up to you of eight years when he when he signs his yeah. next contract. So he'll be on like bloody ten million. But the way the cap's going, he'll probably be in yeah, definitely double digit millions, eight figures. Exactly. <sighs> so I think now, I think that's what happened. I think you try to. I just think they just try to keep lowballing him. Yeah, and until like four o'clock today, he was said, "Yeah, fuck George George Bush Senior died." <laughs> <laughs> not breaking news. Sorry, yeah. when, when was that? Yesterday. Oh, fair. It's just popped Yesterday, up on the on the stars. Um, on the stars game. There you go. Um, yeah. So, I'm sorry. Until like five o'clock Canadian time today, they must have been like, "Yeah, we'll give you fifty p a year. We'll give you league mili- league minimum for eight years." Like, just absolute low balling. But then it's not. It's there not a done deal. Friedman's Friedman six by six point nine. Oh, is it official, official? Yeah. He said it's convoluted because of the cap, but he's told 6.9 is the key number. Mate. I'm sure that means. And then, because there's that complication where, because he signed uh, halfway through the year, he gets like an inflated cap hit, doesn't he? Because it's 6.9 million spread over now until... April the 9th or whatever the regular season's ending this year. Yeah, of course. So it turns into like nine and a half or something like that, which is crazy. There we go. Mate, that... Which I which I don't think is fair. I don't think it's fair either way. Like, his, um, his cap hit should still be 6.95 or whatever it is. And he shouldn't get paid for all the days that he wasn't working, should he? No, true. If I didn't turn up for my job for for two, three months or whatever it's been, and then come back and say, "Oh, right, you got to pay me for all those days," no, 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 mate, no, mate. <laughs> so you you were on. I don't a, think so, sunshine. Yeah, I I do not think so, sunshine. Whereas Willie Nylander swanning in here with his soft European <laughs> ass, saying, "Right, all that time that I was just kicking it back in Sweden, you know, making Instagram videos about Drake songs." You're gonna pay me for that time, and uh, and Dubas is gonna say, "All right, it's fucking bullshit." He's fucking European. We'll find out one day. We'll find out one day. But I'd love to know what the initial offer was. Ah, oh, mate, I don't think we will. I don't think we will. That's the problem with this league. Like, you never find anything interesting out. 
No, it's true. It's true. I mean, maybe when, you know, maybe on his deathbed, Tubus will be like, oh, three, 3.5. And he just dies. But, That's it. but at that point, we'll, we'll end up with like the Da Vinci codes. Like, what does it all mean? What does it mean? 3, 3.5. <laughs> yeah. I suppose by that point, Dubas will have gone through about 50 fucking contract negotiations. It could be a million players he's talking about at that point. He's going to try and low bridge them all. I, I seriously hope that this is like the blueprint for Dubas. Like, he just starts, like, knowing him, you know, he's quite. Knowing him, me and Carl go way back. He's he's very sort of forward thinking, analytical, all that nonsense. Old dubes. Um, old dubes. Maybe he has started to realise, like, first couple of months of the regular season, give a fuck about it. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So maybe he does think, that, right, this is just extra negotiating time with my big free agents. <sighs> the good thing is, as well, like you've just said, we get to do it all again in the summer. Matthew's oh, a man. I can't wait. Twice, can't wait. twice is good. One of them is an Ontario boy. Oh, <laughs> oh mate. <laughs> so just, oh, just, dear. just on, just on Neil while we're here. Should there be some animosity towards Wee Willie, Wee Willie Winkle? <sighs> well, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Well, yeah, yeah, not not will should <clears throat> say say he was a Bruin, say he was a B. Old uh, old Donald Sweenson is uh, trying to sign him. Not happening. All this saga goes on. People probably don't give. <clears throat> it happened a bit with Pasternak because it took a while to get that deal done, and nobody nobody on the Bruins side was from the fans. Nobody I saw was giving Pasternak any kind of grief. It was just Sweeney, get him fucking signed now. Yeah, but get that, him signed, when, get him long-term. When did he sign, though? October? Honestly, I can't remember. There you go. It wasn't but, It wasn't but, enough of a holdout to, to register, if it was a holdout at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, <clears throat> not exactly breaking news here, folks, but Boston fans can be a bit of a rowdy bunch. A, and, a wee bit rowdy. Yeah. You would have... I would have thought there would have been at least some... Um, voices in in the tweets I was seeing saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe Pastor's doing this. What a disgrace! You know, we made him." No, there was not any of that anywhere. And maybe if it had gone on longer, there might have been, but there wasn't any. I didn't see anything. It was just all directed at Sweeney. Get him signed. Get him signed. That was it. So, but then, then that's no, different. There'll be, like... there'll be no vitriol. There might be a tiny bit for the first couple of days, but. He's going to start scoring goals and making assists, and no one's going to care, are they? Oh, that's what sports fans are like. It's going to be, it's going to be dangerous, isn't it? Like Matthews has just come back from injury. Nylander's now officially a Leaf again. Like, oh mate, oh, it's going to be, it's going to make me sick actually. <laughs> that's the thing. The Leafs are playing this good, and he's not even played. He's not even turned out for them. <laughs> it's just fucking dangerous, isn't it? Like. Yeah, six years, six point nine AAV. Nice. There you go. All right. What should we? Uh, what should we move on to? Do you know what? Actually, what this, is a good, this is a good. This is a no. This is, <laughs> this is a good segue. This is a good segue. Is that um, Braden Point uh, and the Lightning's cap room? Who? So. <laughs> what? Braden Nylander? No, I don't know. Mitch yeah. Mitchell Point? Whoa. Mitchell Point. So Braden Pete. Uh, Braden, <laughs> Braden Pete. <Jesus> Christ. <laughs> ah, 
That's my one for the week. Do, do we even watch the NHL? Like, do, we, do we know anything about enough, it? Apparently. Braden, point. Uh, first season, 40 points, 68 games. 66 points, 82 games in next season. Average. Now he's sat around 34 points in 27 games. Nothing major. If you look at the light, and well, yeah, he's due. He's due to sign. Um, due to sign this summer. And if you look at the Lightning's uh, cap space, they do not have much room left. So Julian and the uh, and the Breezy Boys there oh, are going to have some decisions yeah. to make. Because okay, so Stamkos, Callahan, Miller, Johnson, Kucherov, Kalorn, uh, Gord, Hedman, McDonough, Palat, Vasilevsky. Ten skaters and a goalie, they all come to $67 million. Ten skaters and a goalie. So even if the cap goes up again, you're going to have around, let's say around, I don't know, $15 million, for example, for the rest of the team. Yanni Gord's contract's 5.1. Ooh, mate. So Braden Point should be getting more than that. Yeah. And now this Nylander thing, it's going to change. It's going to change perspectives for a lot of players. And maybe play like well, clearly Nylander wasn't happy to just sign a bridge deal, and I can't imagine now Braden Point's going to be the same either. You can, especially if the cap goes up a bit, you could see Point coming in at what seven, seven and a half sort of thing. Yeah, but then, um, yeah, seven around seven for sure. It's Ryan Callahan really signed for next season as well as next year as last year. Ah, oh, let's have a look. I'm sure he is. That's cap friendly, crazy, isn't it? There we go. Ryan Callahan, where are you? You swine. Yep, next season as well. Five point eight. Is is next year the last one? Uh, next year is his last year. Yeah. Oh, so that'll be that'll that'll dump him on someone. You'd have thought. Yeah, he's the guy to he's the guy to drop out. Oh, he's got to be, isn't it? Like he's making what close to six mil for being a fourth liner. It's got to be one True. of, if not the most expensive fourth liner in the league. Or at least the most expensive, but then, but then, consistent fourth liner, you know? Yeah. But that's fine. So then you dump that money and you give it to um, Braden Point. Give it to Braden Point. You're still yeah. in the same situation. <laughs> Braden Pete. Oh, you're still in the situation then where you've got 10 skaters and a goalie making around $70 million. Well, yeah, you've then, somehow got then you got, that team. Then you've got at least 10 mil to, to, make, to make up what? Uh, 10 more players easy 10, ten players <laughs> easy, easy peasy who can't do that um, well they're, they're, you know I think there are some obvious candidates to be uh, to be shipped out like you know your Tyler Johnson your Alex if you ship out Johnson and Cologne right there that's that's two that's what eight over eight million off the cap well that's fine but both team, both of those players have got no trades oh mate <laughs> <laughs> Because as we all know, Stevie Y did love a no trade, didn't he? He's he loved a no trade. He's been painting, and maybe this is again why Stevie Y's just like jump ship. Thought like, actually, I've painted myself a bit too much into a corner. There's a window here, so I'm going to jump out of it. And uh, Julian, yeah. you enjoy the rest of this uh, this tenure here. He's on the phone to his wife saying, "You know what? If we don't win the cup next year, we're fucked. So I'm have to leave. Okay, <laughs> I'll just take an advisory role." His wife's like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's okay." Oh, what, what I actually meant to say, hon, is I miss you so much that I just can't do this job anymore and I want to come home and see you and yeah. the kids. But I need to meet you, need you and the kids more. But see, if the kids have gone off to college, I yeah, I just need to see you. Yeah, yeah, I miss you. I want to re... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fucking hell. But like, I, I think, mate, it's dangerous, isn't it? 
dangerous. But then, then I think, yeah, the no trades are the issue. That's the thing. Like the contracts aren't necessarily awful. It's just the cost of having a good team. That's that's all they've done. That's their only crime. Their only crime is having good players and paying their good players what they're worth. Um, the crime as well, not the only crime, was um, giving them all no trade clauses. But um, yeah, <clears throat> that's the big crime. But then what happens? What happens? I wonder if we'll get to a point where the Lightning have got so many no trade clauses and they're so stuck up against the cap that like. I don't know, maybe they will have to just fill in those 10 roster spots with people making league minimum who are worth league minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a bunch of AHLers. What happens, what happens with the, if a... If a player's got... It would, it would never happen, but I'm thinking if a player's... If you have too many players on no trades and then you're up against the cap, but you have loads of players on no trades, does the league step in and just like take a player off you? Right, that one. You have to give that one away. I don't know that. Like the player or the club have no say. I think like, well, no, no trades aren't like set in stone sort of thing. Like if a if a player is no, willing can, to be yeah, traded, players wave them all the time. There's got to be yeah, somebody yeah. who would wave it. Yeah, if like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but some there there'd be a way out of it. But it would be interesting. Like, are you allowed to give every single player on your roster a no trade clause? Well, probably so. The fucking Lightning do, don't they? <laughs> so, this is it. That's all they do. The, the only players that don't have them are on their uh, bloody ELCs. Doesn't Dan Girardi have a no-trade <laughs> yeah. clause? Or am I making that up? He does have a no-trade clause, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get a ball out? Coburn has a modified... Brain Coburn modified no-trade. Ram McDonough modified no-trade. Oh, Vic Hedman no move. What a save. Sorry, brought better on a breakaway. Like how how do you get bought out and then given a contract with a no trade clause in the same season? No idea. No idea. <laughs> I think it was at that point that we must have realised, like we should have realised, that uh, uh, Iceman's not in this for the long haul. Like he, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, all like you got to think, like Sergachev's going to get paid in two years. Vasilevsky's um, bridges up in like well, in two years. He's on, he's only on three and a half right now. Vasilevsky's going to want at least seven, isn't he? Sergachev's going to want a ton. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting times for the Lightning. Like they're they're a very unique team, I think, in the fact that they're very cap controlled at the moment, and it's not just because all their stars are on ELCs. Like yeah. they've they've got a lot of players on bridges. Like they've they've extended the window longer than a lot of other teams would have. Which is even more credit to Eisenman and what he's done with that team, sort of thing. His his cap control has been incredible. Like and anyone who I know Eisenman's already in the Hall of Fame, but anyone who can sign a Kit Kucherov to less than five million dollars for three seasons probably deserves to go in as as a GM, like a second um, enshrining. They need to make up a new uh, a new wing for thieves, yeah. burglars. <laughs> Just, the the Dick Turpin. Wing of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, just the day the daylight robbery Hall of Fame. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like even oh, even the Hawks, like when they were, you know, drafting incredible not incredible players, but you know, they had a lot of depth. They sort of cut bait before they got into this position. So yeah. I think it's it's going to be. You're right. It's going to be interesting 
see just how it manifests. And it might just end up as, you know, the young players coming through now, your Braden Points, your Anthony Sorelli's, those are the ones who are going to get cut. Just because they're not they're not the ones who are set in stone. Like the easiest player to move at the moment would be Braden Point. He's easier to move than Tyler Johnson, Andre Collat, Alex Kalorn, whoever. Like we said, you'd get a, like, oh my God, imagine what you get for Braden Point at the moment. I don't know. What would you get for Braden Point when teams know you have to move him? That's an excellent point. An excellent point. That's an excellent Pete. Um, Absolutely. I'm with you. <laughs> I'll say it for you then. Yeah. Two teams with very different cap situations I'm going to be very interested in watching. This is the kind of thing I love about hockey sometimes. It's the, you know, the, like we said, the things I love about hockey are not hockey. It's all this. Like, how are they going to match the cap? Oh my God, who knows? It's so interesting. Well, it's, it's like the best part of the NHL game is just making trades and doing the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So, who, uh, who's the other team that you. Oh, uh, Toronto. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, Leafs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The Leafs are going to be my starter this year. And then my main course with Lightning next year. Oh, nice. Oh, sorry. Nice. Like the season after. Yeah, I like it. So, so summer coming up, it's going to be the Leafs. Like, get your, wet your appetite for a bit of, bit of yeah. cat fan dangling. And then, uh, and then yeah, the Lightning. And then the Jets aren't going to be that far behind either. They're, they're going to end up in, in that sort of cap hell. Unless they finally move <sighs> Jacob Truba. What is that Lightning contract going to be? Oh, boy. So how can you pay a man who doesn't pass a puck? <laughs> he just played like 20 goals and like two assists or something ridiculous like that. I think so. In, in the month <laughs> of November, he scored 18 goals and had one assist. 18 goals in a month. 18 goals in a month. Uh, how? That's just insane. I remember um, a few years ago, Brandon Peary finished the year on 22 goals and two assists, and that was crazy enough as it was for, like, you know, a depth player. And now Patrick Lino, venerable superstar, has finally decided, actually, I don't need to pass the puck. I might as well just score the goals. Yeah, 21 goals, three assists so far this year. That's crazy. I hope he hits 50 and doesn't hit double digits in, in assists. <laughs> I hope he gets like I hope it stays at a um, like a times 10 so he gets 50 like 40 and 4 50 and 5 60 and 6 that made me so happy I saw an incredible stat earlier a beautiful beautiful little thing I'm just going to find it now so I can get it word for word Um, right so on November 18th yeah Yeah. of uh, 2018 the year of our lord Patrick Laine took his first day off from Fortnite in five months. <laughs> and since November 18th, he has 11 goals in four games. I don't... <laughs> Isn't that just... Like, what is what is going on in the world? What is going on in the world? What is life? They were so obsessed with Fortnite. I, I feel like I feel like that's something that Brian Burke is going to mention on Hockey Night in Canada tonight. <laughs> See, he let him on seventy goals. I told him. I told him. I've told him to start smoking and drinking and hitting broads, and he has done. And now he's hitting the back of the net. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> best two things I love is hitting broads and hitting the back of the net. <laughs> It feels like it feels like an advert in like an old timey magazine or something like Man Monthly or something like that. I, th- I think that's um, that'd be if Floyd Mayweather was Floyd Mayweather was a hockey player. That'd be his uh, <laughs> yeah, his sort of token quote. Ah, uh, hey, mate, I'd I'd have a little little thing for you, little thing for you. Completely off topic. We're not completely off topic. It is still hockey. Um, Go on. Where are we? Just got to get my brain together. So we've had some players who have changed or left their teams recently. Players and uh, and backroom staff. Joel Quenneville, yep. I'm sure you're uh, you're familiar with that. Todd McClellan, former Oilers I've coach. Heard of them people. Uh, yes. And then Dylan Strome and Brendan Perlini were all yes. fired or traded within three days of losing to the Calgary Flames, which I think is a bit disrespectful to the Flames because <laughs> they haven't been that bad. Well. <laughs> It depends on James Neal performed against them. Because I said that now he's he's the season's boss. That's what I was if he put in a performance against any of those teams, that's it. It's all just a slight against James Neal. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Flames, it's just James Neal. Oh my god, he's had four points all year. And you let him get another point. That's it. Get out. Wait a <laughs> James Neal is an interesting player. He's an interesting player, Dan. Because I think there are okay. some some parallels you can uh, you can draw between young Jimmy Neal. And Tommy Wilson, in the fact that James Neal, in early in his career, not even early in his career, for a lot of his career, was known for murdering people. Yeah, you know, he murdered Very true. Brooks Orpic by kneeing him in the head, which is a bit bad, yep. if you ask me. And right. I, I don't think he's had any incidents like that for a while. And I'd say James Neal is more renowned. He's still known as, as being a bit of a shithead, but he's definitely known as a scorer as well as a shithead. Whereas Tom Wilson has, has you know, so far uh, refused to change his ways and uh, and is just known as a shithead. So I think this is, yeah, slight, slight comparisons I think you can make between, between the two. You're saying this chance for growth then for Tom Wilson and therefore you are fully behind him. On his road to redemption, is that what you're saying? That's absolutely what I'm saying. That's absolutely yeah. what I'm saying. I'm going to name my Red Dead Redemption online character, Tom Wilson, and I uh, hope to redeem him and his soul. <laughs> speaking of the uh, speaking of the caps, a little link here, just a little hey. story. Hey. Barry, on uh, last Monday night, a mere 172 days after the cup final, the Islanders play the caps, and Barry Trotz finally gets his Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> What took so long? 172 days? Give that man his goddamn ring. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, immediately. I don't, I don't know what to score about that. It's because it seems like they wait for for players and coaches to come back and do it in person or whatever. I'm just thinking, like, don't they have a team dinner where they give them all out? You know, like, three weeks after the cup or something. Yeah, but I, th- I think you don't go if you're not part of the team anymore. Yeah, but if you've if you've yeah, but surely if you've won the cup with that team, you have a team dinner for the team that won the cup. It's the off season; nothing's happening. I know you've you have thought so. Fan, you know, you go on holiday, then you come back and you get your ring. But then, like the rings, you know. the rings aren't ready because they have to mine these thousands of diamonds until the next, <laughs> like the start of the next season. By which point, yeah, they have to murder those poor those poor African children who are working to get those diamonds out you've, of the mine. You've got to get those blood diamonds. It's it's not a quick process. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's true. 
So I think that's that's part of the problem. Like it takes until the next season, by which time players have moved on, coaches have moved on, and then um, yeah, that's that. It's mad. I feel it's like a, I feel it's like a messy breakup with an ex, and you can't decide who's taking the stuff back to whose house. Yeah, to be fair, if I was like... um, if I was Ted Leone's this, I'd be like fucking marriage drops a ring, like. Who turned down my pittance of an offer of a contract? Yeah, exactly. I offered to pay that man seven pound fifty an hour to coach my NHL team, and he said no. Fuck him. It's like um, it's like you're talking to your mate, and he's just like, "Are you gonna give? Are you gonna give Mary a stuff back?" And you go, "She knows where it is. She can come get it." <laughs> like mm-hmm. Barry Trotz's cup ring has just been sat on Leonce's desk for 172 days. He's like, "I'm not taking it to him. I can fuck off." He's been wearing it. He broke up with us. He's doubled yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone who's not with the Capitals this season he's just got them on all his fingers like yeah look at this alright <laughs> and then he's Thanos or something <laughs> licking him yeah like up his bum <laughs> give him to his captain oh, steady on mate steady right, Jesus fucking hell apologies to you Ted did you <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you see the Marley's um, quarter cup rings I didn't know. Right, so they've got, um, I think they've got something. Oh, go on, boy. Go on. Hold on. Oh, you fucking useless bastard. Um, Never mind. Sorry. Blake Como, breakaway. Unsurprisingly, didn't end in a goal. Uh, so I think it's at 112. They've got 112 diamonds to represent uh, the number of wins, that, uh, the number of points they had, rather, in the regular season. And then they've got like fifteen diamonds for the in the in the top of it for how many wins they had in the playoffs to win the win the Gold Cup for which for me is a bit um, opulent. I suppose is the right word. A bit unnecessary. Are like, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Look at this thing. Are you fucking? kidding me is this how starved Toronto is a success that they have to fucking do this for the colder cup like the average the average player is only like 80 grand a year Jesus Christ I'd be straight onto fucking eBay with this thing oh mate in it like you'd earn two years two years salary off that thing straight away how much you how much chicken that's worth ridiculous and that's blatantly <laughs> sapphire in the blue in the in the leaf as well. And there's probably a... twenty seven diamonds. Is it one hundred twenty seven? What? Jesus Christ! Oh yes, yeah, so hundred. Well, sorry, oh, oh, sorry, one hundred twenty seven stones. Sorry, so one hundred twelve stones. Yeah, and then one hundred and then fifteen inside for the victories in the playoffs. That's just stupid. It is insane. You know what, that, like... I've never paid it. I've never paid attention to other teams called the coverings. If other teams have done this as well, then yeah, that's stupid as well. It's, mate, it's because that looks like a Stanley Cup ring, and and yeah, it does. the Stanley Cup rings are stupid as well. well let's let's make no bones oh, about it. That's fine. That's the pinnacle of the sport. I have no problem with that. Mm. I still think it's a bit stupid, personally. But yeah, like I if can... you're on track, if you're on track in this, you know, the southwestern Sunday divisions, and you win a meet and you get a fucking giant Olympic-sized gold medal, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> You don't deserve it. Are you, are you comparing? Are you comparing the AHL to Sunday League? Uh, I, athletics. Know <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. Exactly, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. You're saying that having to go on the trampoline at your your local sports centre 
is uh, the yeah. same as playing in the AHL. <laughs> that ring's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Mate, the, I love how the example they're using is Rich Clune. Because if I'm if I'm Rich Clune, I'm selling that ring straight away and making a bit of money. Because yeah. he ain't getting anybody elsewhere. No, exactly. I I can't I can't even fathom how much that's worth. It can't be worth that much though. Like they can't have paid. Like I can't I can't get my head around it. What twenty grand? You're not paying twenty grand to make however many rings they're made. Like thirty. Maybe, yeah, but maybe you would, because what you know, because it's a million, it's a million dollars, and they'll just get the money from somewhere else. Obviously, they just get bankrolled by I don't know the Leafs or something. Well, yeah, they're owned by MLSE as well, so I suppose you know money's not an object to them, but still, yeah, exactly. Seems a bit unnecessary. So you could, you could maybe, you could maybe say to the jeweler, whoever it is, um, you know, we've make us, make us. I don't know, 31, 32 rings to the value of a million dollars for the lot. And they, so they so they go to the, like, you know, go to the limit and that's what they get. I love that. Like, right, I've got a budget of this. Just do me whatever you can for this budget. <laughs> it's like you used to go to the shop, like the corner shop. I've got 25p. Can I have a bag of sweets? What can I get for 25p? Well, you can have 10 cola cubes in. Fifteen cola oh, bottles. Cola cubes, mate. I've had a cola cube in many a year. Cola cubes and money. They are. They're, they're the they're one. Fabulous. Mate. They are the one. Oh yeah, absolutely you, fabulous stuff. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Um, like fish and chips. Yeah, the fish and chip sweets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now what? What were they made of? Because I was looking it up the other day, and apparently they were just made out of white chocolate. But it wasn't just white chocolate, was it? There was something about it. I was going to say, as a kid, if I had to guess what kid sweets were made from when we were kids, it would be not food. Yeah, <laughs> it would be something like illegal. Yeah, something that they're it's not allowed somewhere. to make sweets out of anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just the offcuts of, you know, horses and pigs and just terrible things you don't want to know. <laughs> it's just awful covered in sugar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just remember those uh, those fish and chips being like a bit malty. It wasn't. It had a chocolatey texture, but it definitely weren't chocolate. Yeah, there was something else. There was something else in there. I don't know. Hello, mate. Like I said, I try. I try not to think about what I ate as a child because it just I'm out of nightmares. Oh, mate, there's this other thing that um, you know, like the limited edition chocolates that were around for like for just a minute. I'm sure there are a thousand from when you were you, but uh, yeah. do you remember like Rolos with biscuits in? I do indeed. They, they were they were money. Indeed. They were the one. Do you know you could just be able to get Mars bars with almonds in them? No. How weird is that? That's really weird. Sort of just and a Snickers, had, but with almonds instead of peanuts. The peanuts, yeah. And the, the well, it was like a so the Mars bar wrap obviously is black and red. It was black and red, and then there was a hint of green, oh. in, like behind the Mars letters, oh, mate. to signify health. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat this and you get rich. But yeah, almond Mars bars. That was a weird six months at the time. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Life changing. What? Where? How did we get to the point where basically the official sponsor of the England football team is the Mars bar? We got to that point when the FA decided they didn't give a fuck about certain things other than money. 
Which is why they're planning on selling Wembley fucking stadium for 500 million quid, which is just stupid. That's not a thing, is it? Yeah. Are they, yes. are they, are they going to sell it to Rich Clune in, in exchange for his quarter cup rate? Hi, Mr. Clune, can you put a down payment? I've got this. And he slides his quarter cup ring across the table. Oh. God, that ring's worth about 35 million quid. They're not selling Wembley, are they? Yeah. Oof. Let's not get into this. But yeah, there was a there was a whole hearing and Gary Neville did a passionate speech about it. Fuck off, Gary saying, Neville. Saying, you know, it's a, it's a fucking... Do you know what, though? He made some excellent points. He made excellent points. I could, I could give... I'd, 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 I, he's a great pundit as well. Dan, I, I could yeah. give a fuck. About the excellent <laughs> points that Gary Neville is oh, making. Gary Neville. Gary, yeah, Gary Neville could be out there saying, I'm very anti the murder of children. And I will gladly go <laughs> to a podium and say, Gary Neville's fucking wrong, mate. Children need to be murdered <laughs> for these following reasons. Fair enough. <laughs> What's Gary Neville doing at some hearing about selling Wembley anyway? Like, what does. Like the, I don't know. The guy's the dictionary definition of a mug. I don't know why he was there, but he was at some hearing. You know when they have like hearings for sort of MPs who've done dastardly things and stuff, and they sit on that weird circular table, dastardly. and then there's people all sat in front of them talking. It was like that, and what like, but the person was like, "Why is Gary Neville doing? What's he doing?" Like, a, then, like an inquiry sort of thing. It. Yeah, kind of. He was, but he was just saying why it's a disgrace that Wembley's getting sold, and how you know why is this money being used in this way and stuff, and how they, you know the FA can make money other ways. Which were all great points he said. Anyway, I must cut you off there quickly. Uh, William Nylander tweeted three minutes ago a picture of a Leafs duffel bag with the two simple words, going home. I've had enough. I'm going home. I've got my 6.9 million. I'm not going to play. We'll go back to Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I'm scrolling through Twitter now. No, everyone's really happy. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm crying. I'm... I love you. Welcome home. This is great. Yeah, there you go. I haven't even seen this duffel bag, mate. I'm like 25 tweets in now. Yep, yeah, you legend. Greatest tweet of all time. I love you. Welcome back, Willie. <laughs> I've seen I've yeah. seen a face merge of Eugene Melnick and Eric Carlson before I've seen this duffel bag. I couldn't care less. <laughs> That's all I need now. Okay. All right. Uh, flyers. Should we do that? Oh yeah, mate. It's been. Did we? We didn't do a podcast last week, did we? Yes. No. We yes. Didn't. Yeah, but it was on Wednesday. We recorded Wednesday. Ah, oh, that was it. Because I did it on Thursday. I knew there was. I knew there was something. Um, and now it's. What day is it now? Saturday. Saturday. It's, it's been a busy old time. There's. There's been a couple I know, of things. It's been a... <laughs> <laughs> Your little girl's been fucking as ill as shit as well. Oh so. Jesus Christ! It's been a week. It has been a long, long week. Again, folks, I know I harp on this sometimes, but we're we're just regular guys who do this because we love it, <laughs> and we sometimes we just can't get together. It's a fucking nightmare. Fucking funerals and poorly children and oh god, it's, it's just right. a, in the same way that we we can barely get away with actually following the sport, like trying to get away with. <laughs> Yeah, giving up most of your evening to chat breeze about this sport, and and yeah. kick. not only is it hard for us to follow this sport, it's also hard for us to talk about following this sport. 
Oh, right. What are we going to do? Um, <coughs> right. Roddy, Flight Roddy Hextel. Um, I was surprised. Yeah, the me end. too. Considering that, considering that Dave Hextel's still there was the most surprising thing. That's just was weird, GM isn't it? Like, yeah, GM getting fired before a coach. How often does that happen? And, and and especially with the GM being fired before the coach and then the coach not being fired directly after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then um fucking Holmgren and uh, Holmgren talking to Hackstall and then on the back of talking to him, they also fire Chris Pryor, the assistant GM, and assistant coach Gord Murphy. <laughs> like clearly Hackstall's got something that they like. Mate, it's gone mad. And I think like yeah, they're not doing as well as they could be this year, Philadelphia, but they're set up. They are set up. They're deep as you like. Like They've got a good team, and they've got a lot of prospects. Hextel, yeah. by all accounts, has done a good job. Like, <laughs> I, I, agree. I think he's been really I think he's been really unlucky. I think, really unlucky. I think, you know, until he got fired, I'd have happily put him up there as one of the top five GMs in the league. <laughs> Happily, I agree, and he he took over an absolute sh- fucking shit show, a shit show, when he took over. And now that and <laughs> fucking Holmgren said in the um, or whoever did fucking the schmuck was on Comcast was saying, well, you know what, we've got a great farm system, we've got some amazing young players, we've got seven million in cap space, and I'm thinking, yeah, so why is he gone then? <laughs> like, uh... why have you got rid of him? Weird. Very weird. It's it's just odd, isn't it? Like, it's is very much um, sort of indicative of of a a fundamental difference between what ownership want and what Hextall wanted to do. A lot of people are saying, you know, they wanted him to fire Hextall, but he didn't fire Hextall, and that's why he went. But then, if that was the case, they'd have got rid of Hextall straight away. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's. Wait, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, sorry, someone just found a shot in like a major way. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's it's basically like Stevie Eisenman stepping down, but he got fired. This <laughs> is what it is. Like, it's I don't, I just don't get it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We got a scrap. We got a scrap. Got a fight. Oh, oh mate, what a fucking why are hockey fights always so shit? It was uh, Gavin, oh, well, there we go. Gavin Bay Rufer versus Adam Gordet, and Adam Gordet fell over. I'd I'd say uh-huh. there was precisely half a punch thrown. Oh wow! Did you look at the Flyers team on paper? I mean, that's it's a really good team. Oscar A. Simmons, Gosta Spare, fucking Connect Me, Provorov, Giroux, Patrick, like. Uh, JVR. And, oh yeah, yeah, get on JVR. And then I, I don't. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> I'm baffled. This is watched, so, yeah. the, the the day after everyone's kind of saying, well, yeah, you know, and I heard a few people saying about the goaltending was letting him down, but I think Brian Elliott's not been terrible. Like nine eleven save percentage, two five nine goals against. All right, it's not that's not horrendous. You know they they've had they had fucking crazy injuries at the start of the season. They had something like seventeen goalies and fucking like they brought in Calvin Pickard as well, who's since been waived. And I don't know, maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know, but I think it's the, like we said about the Winnipeg Jets before, is that they just they just held firm 
they just believed in what they were doing and they just held firm. It just and waited and waited and waited. That's the only thing I can yeah. point point a finger at the the sort of situation with the goalies. And I mean, he's done stuff. Yeah, it's not like he's just been sitting on bloody Steve Mason for the last five years. He has tried to an extent to to maybe it wasn't as drastic as as they want it to be. Well, obviously not as drastic as they want it to be, but yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't get it. And the, and the other side okay. of it, who are you, who are you going to get that's a better GM than Ron Hextall? I don't know. Chuck Fletcher's been like Chuck Fletcher's a favourite, isn't he, at the moment? Fuck me, that's going to be stupid, isn't it? Like, why would you hire the guy that? Because he signed the um the the Parisi super deals deals, didn't he? Super deals, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, like, yeah, like you you've. To to hire a GM, <laughs> so it's just too much. It's just too much to hire a GM that was fired for your team being mediocre within the last two years. After firing your GM because your team has been too mediocre, and that's a GM who's built an objectively better squad than than Chuck Fletcher did. Like if they actually do hire Chuck Fletcher, that's going to be ridiculous, just moronic. Me and you right now are doing the Jackie Chan squinting like head hands to head meme in real time. Just going, what? I don't understand. What's happening right now? I just wonder if maybe last season when they were looking like if they'd sort of really turned the corner if they'd wanted Hextall to make a big splash. Because loads of teams went out and at uh, the deadline, didn't they? You know, like like we discussed, those first round picks just being fucking thrown away willy nilly. Oh, yeah, just, ah, fuck it, have my first first round pick. Maybe they just piece. wanted him to. Maybe they just wanted him to go out and try and get a big name in or something. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's, it's really weird. It's for, really weird for me. And this is going to sound a bit stupid, but like Dean Lombardi's got to be the guy for this. For for what? <laughs> All all jokes aside, all jokes aside, like he's already in the organisation, and for what I imagine ownership wants out of the next Flyers GM, and that's to wait. Sorry, that's to use the weapons at his disposal to make some trades and ultimately you know, bolster the the sort of actual first team for whatever better better term. Yeah, you know, sell off the farm yeah. to make the make the team better. Dean Lombardi's got a history of doing that. You know. To, to link it back to the Flyers, he brought in Mike Richards and Jeff Carter out of the Flyers indirectly. Yeah, like he has a history of getting rid of getting you know getting as much as you can out of prospects and trades. Dean Lombardi's got to be the guy. I like the idea that during some meetings, Ron Hextall's talking about his plans and stuff like that, and Paul Holmgren just looks over at Dean Lombardi. And Lombardi just kind of makes the big eyes as if to say, I'm "Not sure I'd do that." <laughs> Just, just needling, just putting little doubts of seeds of doubt in, in Holmgren's mind. Just slides up a bit of paper that says like Felipe Myers plus first round pick for Conor McDavid. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Ron, why can't we do these things? You didn't even once try and trade for McDavid. This is ridiculous. <laughs> You're fucking pussy, still. That's your problem. You got no balls. Um, going from a team that's uh, kind of middling around and. Not doing too much to, at one point this week, the best team in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres, 
Saborka again getting in over the blue line. Pinned in front! And Skinner couldn't quite get a piece of it. Now it's stepped back again. Stepped in again. Came in front of the net. Here it is in front again. Here's Skinner back. At one point, at the, now they're uh, at one point. Now they're busts. Back to uh, back to how they yeah. should be. Back to dross. Back to <laughs> back to being the laughing stocks they always are. Ten straight wins, Will. Um, I think at the start of the season, I'd said, "Oh, I, I thought maybe they could be the team that could, or one of the teams that could push on into the playoffs." They didn't make it last season. I'd be honest. I didn't think they'd go from as Emily Kaplan pointed it out. Uh, the first team in history, or one of the, like one of the teams in history, to go from the worst team to the best team in the first twenty-five games. It's, it's impressive, really is. Um, yeah, to, it's, to have the first overall pick and not be a much of a jumper to uh, to yeah, then hitting that lovely first in the league spot in in the early season is impressive, and and they're doing well. It seems like it's all coming together. I'm still a little bit like, yeah, it's not really. I don't see them as a as a proper juggernaut yet. They're not a proper titan. They're doing really well and they do have a good squad. But I just, mm, I agree. I feel like I've got to see a bit more out of them. Especially when you have got players yeah. like like Casey Mineral stats not doing as well as he could be, sort of thing. No, true, true. So they're not. I feel like they're riding their luck a little bit at the moment, but they're they're doing fantastically. And it's great to see. It's great to see. I love me a bit of Jack Eichel, and it's good to see him finally um, have the team around him that sort of matches how well he's doing. Well, Jack Eichel um, used to be goal scoring machine, now assist provider with his twenty seven assists so far so far this season. He's got like five goals or something, <laughs> like twenty-seven assists. Jesus Christ! Maybe he's been the problem the whole time. Instead of shooting, he should have been passing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, funnily enough, when he starts doing that, the team starts winning. I think it's been so far. If you can, if you can just look at the microcosm of this sort of early part of the season, it's a picture perfect rebuild. It's picture perfect. You have unhappy players. You have a Van der Kane. You have Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, off you guys go. In the next two years, they have four first-round picks. They had some depth pieces as well. They had like guys who, all right, not amazing, but it's lots of different faces in the room. Connor Sheary, Vlad Sabotka, guys like that. They get the high draft picks, so they bring in quality players. Darlene, Eichel, they made a good trade themselves, picking up Jeff Skinner. You have a goalie suddenly gets hot. You know, Carl Houghton wins eight in a row. It all just comes together perfectly, perfectly. It's good, yeah. Good to see. Yeah, I, I would say it was a perfect rebuild. If it wasn't for the fact that they've been rebuilding for like seven years, <laughs> if if it okay, if well, it really yeah. had just been the last three years, that'd be perfect. But it hasn't been, and that's very uh, very revisionist history. That's not including all of the history. But that, there might be a couple of there might be a couple of holes there in my in my bucket of optimism. Yeah, you might have tried to redact a couple of uh, key bits of information, but uh, but you know, <laughs> credit to you for trying. Well, the rebuild as it was, say from this point last year, when they were just horrendous. Let's say if you look at it in that point, what they you know they've done a good job. What Jason Botterill has done. Is uh yeah I, th- I think that's a fair way to to break it up because it's not like Bottle has been at the helm for the last half many yes. years. 
Yes. So what Bottrell has done there so far has been fantastic and proved it on the ice. So yeah, it's, it's exciting times to be a Sabres fan, which is uh, is something that hasn't been said for quite some time. No, quite some time. I did um, I just had a quick look uh, at the Penguins and the Sabres stats because <laughs> I I'd, I'd seen something about um. Uh, the Penguins, like sort of the Penguins' top three or four players or something, and their figures were not much different to the Sabres' top three or four figures. And I know there's, you know, the goalies and you know that's the thing as as well as. But I was looking at uh, secondary and even tertiary scoring, and it's interesting that the the secondary scoring players for the Sabres and the Pens are also equal, but your tertiary guys, sort of, you know, you. Third line, like third line checking forwards or your fourth line guys, for the Pens have got maybe two, three, or four points this season, whereas the Sabres have got sort of five, six, or seven. And it's just little things. It can be little things like that um, that can obviously add up over the course of a season. They they say it a thousand and thousand times again. Like it's you know you can't just rely on your top guys to to do all the work for you. You've got to get that, like I say, secondary and tertiary scoring to to really push you forward take you over yep. the hump as it were indeed um, what have we got oh, time. Okay. I wanted to quickly mention because um, I think one of the stats I enjoy the most in hockey is the uh, is the Iron Man as I am as we discussed well I am Mr. Grit I am Mr. Intangibles in the room and um, Keith Yandel is currently sat at 739 games um, in a row I think to be able to Mate. I think yeah I think to be able to play in every game since 2009 with the likes of Tom Wilson and Radko Gudas and Brad Marchand skating around every week is uh, is bloody impressive. Now, to me, Dan, what it says when you're holding an Iron Man streak is um, you're clearly not going into the dirty areas of the ice. You are, you're not making any effort. Just you, are, you are what I'd call a yellow belly. If you're playing that many, if you're not getting injured at least four times in a season, you're not playing the game the right way, Dan. You're not putting your body on the line. You're not. You're not putting in 110. percent If you don't leave the game at least once a month for concussion protocol, do you even play hockey? This is it. If, if nothing else, you're not drinking enough off the rink. If you haven't had to <laughs> miss a game a season for a hangover, then you're clearly not a pro hockey player. <laughs> It's one of the more impressive, like I say, it's one of my more impressive stats in hockey because it is oh, it's incredible. ridiculously yeah, like... punishing, ridiculously punishing game. I mean, maybe the most punishing game for the amount of times you play. You know, don't get me fucking started either on the, do you know about the Cal Ripken baseball streak? Uh, no. You've never heard of it? Okay. So Cal Ripken was a player for the for Baltimore and he had a consecutive games streak going he he topped out he finished at 2,632 consecutive games Jesus Christ like which is ridiculous that's a lot of games but it's fucking baseball I mean you know <laughs> you stand you stand on the mound pretending to swing and then you go up to the plate you have maybe four swings and then you go and sit down or maybe once you hit one and you have to run to first base and that's it you're not playing hockey because I'm Mr. Grit you're not playing hockey every night. That's and also there's a little conspiracy theory about the Carl Ripken streak was that he was going to miss a game for some undisclosed reason. So the Baltimore um, sort of stadium officials 
faked a power outage and turned the lights off in half the stadium. So the game couldn't go ahead and he didn't miss the streak. Mate. Because his because his streak was sort of synonymous with the team and people would go to the games from all over the world. If you know, if you were visiting in Baltimore, you would go to the game to sort of to say, I was there for part of his streak kind of thing. That's loopy, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. Over two and a half thousand consecutive games is impressive, but you know, it's not hockey, is it? But then to to play a little bit of Devil's Advocate against Iron Man streaks, I do worry that you know Keith Yandel. What? How many games was it? Seven hundred ninety or something like that. Uh, seven thirty nine. Seven thirty nine. Seven hundred thirty nine games. Do you not imagine there are a few games that you should have not played for injury purposes, and then through the the toxic culture of playing through injury that we have in the NHL. He's played through it and maybe, you know, for pride or whatever. And I'm sure now he's, excuse me, probably fully aware of his Iron Man streak. And that's going to be taken into consideration when he thinks about taking a game off. And I think... Yeah, that's true. There's got It's thoroughly impressive, but I just worry that it promotes that. Oh, you know, we. oh, I've just got a broken hand. It's nothing, you know. Oh, tis but a scratch, or or whatever the Black Knight quote is like. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know. It's it's how you end up with players like like Dustin Bufflin playing for a concussion this week. That's that's the sort of um, oh, fuck. That was ridiculous ethos that you're perpetuating. Yeah, did, you, did you see that string of tweets that um, Dimitri Filippo yes. gets retreated? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Mate. It's not It's not even funny. Like, it's not even funny. No, it's not. So so he goes from... Still a problem. From having having to leave the, leave the bench from taking a bad hit, going through the concussion protocol, coming back and playing, and then later that day being put on IR for a concussion. Like, it's just... At what point do we start putting fines in place for teams that do that? Because cause if it happens... Well, at what point do we start fining players as well? You have to find... And yeah, okay. that's You'd have to be a, a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an evil bastard as well to ring Dustin while he's on his concussion break and just say, oh, by the way, you're always five grand. But at the same time, like, like, is that not saving, saving players from themselves sort of thing? No, I agree. I, th- I think he should be. I think he should be. I think it should be a fine for the team and a fine for the players. It's the only think, way you're going to stop them doing I think it is if you start to hurt them financially. Yeah, we've absolutely got to start finding the teams because that is just blatant evidence of them not following the concussion protocol properly. And then, yeah, I think you're absolutely right because it could end up with the players lying on the concussion protocol because surely it's as simple yeah. as like, can you? how are you feeling? Or I, I don't know what sort of questions they ask, but I'd imagine there's enough that you can just say, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, whatever, I'm fine. Yeah, I can see you've got three fingers right there, whatever, I'm fine. Never mind, I can't see out of one eye and I'm fucking, my head's spinning and I'm about to vomit. But yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'll go out there for game 24 of the season. Fucking idiots. Let's put it another way. You've got a, you've got a hockey player sat on the doctor's fucking workmate there, whatever it's called, and you're assessing him and the hockey player stands up in his gear with his skates on, fucking, and don't get me wrong, fucking big buffs, it's fucking giant dude anyway. But even regular hockey players look big with all their gear on, and they say, "You better let me fucking go out there, or there's going to be trouble." 
Like, you better let me go back out there. I'll give you a knuckle sandwich if you don't say I can play this game. Dude, how many times have I said, how many times have I referenced James Neal from the playoffs last year? And the guy saying to him, are you okay? Are you okay? And James Neal just barking at him, like, fuck off, leave me alone, fuck off. Like, go away, get away from me. And in the end, the guy literally just goes, fuck it, well, fine. And just walks away. Like, <laughs> of course they would. I absolutely believe, I I believe a billion percent a player would do that. I'm not saying all of them would do it. I'm not saying Buffalo would do it. I don't know. But if it's an important game and you're, you've got a concussion, it's that culture, dude. It's that culture of, you know, for the love of the team. Not for me. Mate, it's... I tell, I tell you what, watching watching hockey has made me scared of hitting my head. It has. Like, not not even just playing, like, any situation. Whenever I see, like, like I say, the absolute tangent, playing Red Dead, when, like, you're <laughs> interrogating... No, like, all jokes aside, when you're, like, interrogating people and, like, punching them in the face, I'm just thinking, oh, fucking hell, that brain. What is happening to that brain? <laughs> and like, I know... I know Cowboy's going to get stinky. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what sort of support is a cowboy going to get for CTU in 1898 none whatsoever Dan um, but yeah, all, all jokes aside as you, finish, as you finish punching him in the face come on son into this blue tent let's check your, let's check your dilated pupils <laughs> I'm trying to explain to them but they're just not listening they're trying to put leeches on their eyeballs um but no, it's like, you know, it, it just makes me think of, like, the rest of the world where, like, somebody in the world right now is getting his head stomped in. Like, that's the, that's the sad truth of it, Dan. And, like... <laughs> wow. Fucking hell. You know what I mean, though? Like, I'd, I'd worry. I'd worry about... I've been hit shout my out, head. Shout out to Moss Side. <laughs> Big up Cliftonville. Um, yeah. I haven't hit my head in many a year, but the next time I do, I'm probably going to think, oh, fuck, I've got a concussion. No matter what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm scared now. No, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Ugh. I'll tell us it's terrifying, just quickly. Uh, being bitten. Um, do, you see, do you see Antoine Roussel and Mark Edward Lashley? No, I didn't. I didn't. I feel like, I, you again, the further evidence of there's too much going on. Like, a gets, there was just a, Giza gets bitten. It was a scuffle. Yeah, it's a scuffle at the end of the game. Um fucking Roussel must have had him a fucking a row with his missus or something like the fucking like five minutes for the game because during the game you got two minutes for roughing two minutes for cross checking you got obviously ten for misconduct and he got two for delay game and another two for elbowing so he had a fucking well, uh, had himself an evening let me tell you Antoine come on mate you're better than that and then, yeah, so they get him and uh, Vlasic get into a scuffle and there's obviously hands and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, he bit him, bit him on his hand. And you can see Vlasic go, he fucking bit me. He bit me, like, almost in shock. So was that was that glove on or glove off? No, glove off. All oh, right, yeah, that's he good. Bit his, like, he bit his actual hand. You've got to be some sort of animal if you're trying to bite through a hockey glove because those things are absolutely disgusting. True. Well, it's fucking, um, who was it, Alex Burrows? In the uh, in the cup final, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that, and then the game after the Bruins were like sticking their fingers in his face trying to get him to bite them. There's a precedent for this. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Oh, mate. And then he only got and the, crazy. He only got fined five grand for biting another player. Biting. Well, he bit a man. <laughs> and he got five grand. Oh mate. Fucking hell. On on a Just little leave. bit of a spin on that. Um, 
Grace's Grace has got a cousin. He's about seventeen. Diehard Derby County fan. Um, okay. And I don't know if you saw, but a Derby player bit someone during the week. I don't. I, I don't know who it was, but yeah, he <laughs> bit someone in like one of these little football scrums. And um, he was <laughs> he was asking the question whether he should be banned or whether that's just the passion in the game. <laughs> just a passionate nibble of your opponent's hand it's like yeah it's a love bite isn't it I love this game so much I'm willing to bite oh. <laughs> is, is biting worse than licking what's, what's, what's more dangerous to this sport fuck yeah biting's worse than licking <laughs> Jesus alright what about biting or cross checking <sighs> depends where you bite I guess <laughs> I think I think I'd rather take a bite to the hand than a stick to the neck, personally. Yeah, but I don't know. Being bitten on the face, I'd rather take a stick to the neck. <laughs> yeah, but he's not biting people on the face, is he? <laughs> not yet, Will. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> we need to let stop him. You. Would you rather a bite to we the hand to or have Radko Lannister try and cut your bloody head off? <laughs> I did. Oh, tiny, tiny, quick uh, little quiz for you here, Will. Antoine Roussel is second in PIMS in the league this year with 65. Mate, disgraceful. He should be who's first. Who's top? Who's top? Yeah, who's top? Fuck. And they've got... The person who's top has got 70. God, mate, I... Do you know what? what's crazy about this answer? The answer is really surprising and also not surprising at all. Can you give me a that's conference that they're playing? East. Eastern. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy these little games. Nah, I, there's nobody jumping out at me, so I won't waste anyone's time. Who? Who is it? No. Well, we talked about him. It is one Mr. Bradley Marshall. Oh, see, I was going to say Bradley. That's not surprising in the slightest. But it also is, because he's not, like, he, now he's kind of doing lots of little things all the time, instead of the big thing. And <laughs> we discussed this before, what's he going to do now? Yeah, lot- you know, where he said, oh, he's going to give someone a wet willy, or, like, no, he's just now doing lots of normal penalties. Yeah, lots of lots of little things, like assaulting Larzella and stuff like that. <laughs> just little things. <sighs> little things? It's, an, it's for the game, Will. It's better than biting someone, isn't it? <laughs> No, is it? Not. I don't necessarily <laughs> think it is personally, but then it is in in you know in the context of of NHL hockey. Hockey, you're allowed to punch someone in the face, but you're not allowed to lick them. That's true, Berk- Yeah, Berkey loves it. Oh, that's a good hockey play, eh? <laughs> See fucking Guy Boucher. Why? Brian Burke. As we as we clearly established on this show many times, my accents are somewhat terrible. Even your own oh, accent's bloody terrible. Right. I think that's that, isn't it? That's no. Last thing, God. just quickly, hit me with it. Uh, the uh, the block the blockbuster trade. Oh Jesus! With yeah, three, three former first round players being exchanged. That's beautiful. All uh, Nick Schmaltz to Arizona for England's Brendan Pierlini and Dylan Strew. Will your thoughts? Um, Brendan Pierlini. He was the um, canary in the coal mine for Liam Kurt, wasn't he? A little bit. So what? Yeah, a little bit. What if we put a Canadian in England, and then see what he can do in the NHL? All right, Brendan's done all right. 
bring on the English. Go on, Kirky. Um, <laughs> interesting trade. Interesting trade. I think it's. I think it's very interesting. Um, because uh, all three of all three have struggled, haven't they, this year? Uh yeah, this year, this year. Like Nick Nick Schmaltz has a better track record than uh, yes. than any of them. But um, yeah, I I was surprised to see Dylan Strome's name in this uh in this trade. I really was, really was, because I thought you know a player with his his track record obviously tore it up in junior with the Iriotas. He was scoring at a a two points per game pace in the AHL, which is just incredible, unheard of. Have you seen just because I'm okay? So we'll jump onto this now, just quickly. Oh. Have you seen the stats from Dylan Strome that likes to bring up playing together? No, but I'd imagine they are gaudy. Send it down the ice. Chance for one more rush here, one more push. Eleven seconds left. Strome's going to get an opportunity. Strome feeds it in front, all alone to break it. Scores. What a move! Short-handed. Four, between them, 470 games, 818 points. Yeah, from from juniors, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, just... Uh, yeah, at the area, when they were at the area. Was, just yeah. loopy. Like, that's... That's fucking ridiculous. See, that's the thing. With, with Strome, like, there's something there. There is something there. And somebody somewhere is going to be able to unlock that potential, whether it's the usage... Whether it's you know changing the mechanics of his skating, whatever it might be, he's a talented hockey player. There is something there that Dillenstein has that you know Antoine Roussel doesn't have, you know like <laughs> Kevin Bieksa doesn't have. Like yeah, you know, I, I I don't know like you know your average NHL player doesn't have certain things that Dillenstein has in an offensive uh, capacity. But it's just about sort of ironing out the creases, filling in the blanks around that to turn to be able to to enable him to use that skill set at the NHL level. Somebody somewhere will be able to to unlock that. It's whether Jeremy Colleton and the Blackhawks can do that. Obviously, John Jacob didn't think they could do it at Arizona, but I I thoroughly believe that like you've got to have that skill. That that skill is there. Like as much as you can say, you know. The OHL isn't the NHL, and that's absolutely true. But you're still playing against some of the best players of your age group. And if you're putting up... Not, yeah. It's not like he was point per game. It's not like he scored 40 goals. The kid was making a mockery of it. And he did it at the AHL. He's done it at the pro level as well. I feel like they gave up on him a bit too soon, personally. I feel if he's he's kind of... Unfortunately for Dylan Strong, he's kind of fighting from behind a little bit. Because... You find like you you look at his draft class and you find out he's taken ahead of like Ranton and Mana Barzal mm. and you start thinking oh well he's not as good as them is he like those players are already fucking amazing why isn't he doing this instead of maybe like you say trying to unlock that thing that's just missing from his game that makes him into a player as good as those but it's a fascinating thing like can can he get it back can he get that back what's happened I don't know. Um, well, a lot of people say he's just too slow, don't they? But I don't believe yeah, that. Yeah. There have been slow players in the AHL before, right? I know. Not every not every player is fucking Conor McDavid, are they? Some if you if you've got a quick brain, and again, we've seen it in football where a player might not be the fastest, but he can, like Pirlo, 
he gets to 34, 35. Yeah, he can't run anymore, but he can just ping a pass from anywhere on the pitch to anywhere else on mm. the pitch, and it's perfect. Strom just needs to find that, okay, I need to think quicker to find the right pass or to make the right decision to get ahead of a guy before he starts to move and that kind of thing. And Yeah. If you'd said he was going to if you said he was going to the Hawks and you know Quenbo was gonna to get to kind of work with him, you think, oh maybe. And then you you know, obviously Jeremy Kalitin's now gonna to get to do it, and that's another interesting can he get the same you know, can he do for those players what Q did for sort of Taze, Kane and you know, those kind of guys. I think I think it's gonna be interesting. Like he had a he had a two point night for his for his debut for the Hawks, so there's yeah. something there. And to be fair, a player like Dylan Strome if you're going to put him next to Patrick Kane, like that's the way that you get something out of him, isn't it? Yeah, true. Just build him up a little bit, get him, you know, get him feeling confident again in that team, and then maybe he can sort of, you know, go to his own line and hope, hopefully drive it forward. Uh, something uh, just quickly off Twitter was um, uh, at Mark Lazarus tweeted it out was that um, Black Hawks first rounders. 2011, Mark McNeil, traded, bust. 2011, Phil Deneau, traded. 2012, Teravainen, traded. 2013, Ryan Hartman, traded. 2014, Nick Schmaltz, traded. 2015, nothing. 2016, nothing. And then, um, at BWalk01 pointed out that the Black Hawks have in their system 2011 first round pick Connor Murphy, 2012 first round pick Henrik Sandelson, 2014 first round pick Brendan Perlini, 2015 first round pick Dylan Strome, all from the Coyotes. Funny that, isn't it? Isn't that weird? <laughs> isn't that weird? That is just strange. Like, yeah, just just odd. But then you you get that some teams like, be it relationship between the GMs or whatever, or just pure compatibility between the teams needs. You get teams that sort of, um, you know saddle up together if you will like you know settle down like and and decide right we've we've got things to offer each other let's let's do a bunch of trades or whatever it's just funny how things work out like that isn't it i feel there's been a lot of that this week for me like doing sort of a little bit of research for the show and stuff was just looking at things like we said about you know hextall and me going i don't get that and then seeing the chicago thing and going oh that's weird Lots of uh, lots of eye squinting and head scratching from me this week. More than normal, actually. So we say. It's just we're we're living in eye scr- eye scratching, <laughs> eye scratching, uh, eye scratching and head squinting times, Dan. God, sounds awful. The last thing, will, as always, man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. It had to happen. You've relinquished your lead. I'm afraid. <sighs> Mate. Uh, it's a, it's a long, now, it's a long now, season. There's plenty of time left. It's a long season. So lose. You're now losing by a point. Um, down 16-17. But plenty of time to go. Let's get these games done. Jets, Rangers. Uh, Jets. Has to be. Has to be. Jets. Oilers, Stars. <sighs> the Oilers. Boo. Uh, Hurricanes, Kings. Ooh. I'm going to go Kings just because... The Canes are, are a you know, perennial letdown. Fair enough. Uh, Leafs, Sabres. Oh, Leafs. That's going to be a game and a half, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard they've just signed some young kid from Sweden. He's going to be pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. a little free agent out of Sweden, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flames, Blue Jackets. Uh, Blue Jackets. James Neal is going to be a minus four. <laughs> Somehow score two on goals. Oh, it's going to be impressive. 
hell of a night. <laughs> hell of a night. All right. Cheers, folks. Um, you can get to touch with us on Twitter, of course, at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At two bits, one puck, number two, number one. <sighs> Thank you for listening. Another long week for young William and I. Will, any last words? Um, I want to go to bed. That sounds like a fabulous idea. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.